Welcome to Seeing You from God's Point of View, where we reveal the positive, powerful, phenomenal essence of who you really are to help you heal, be empowered, and transformed into the woman God created you to be. I am your host, Cynthia McClary, and if you are ready to see yourself with a new set of eyes and understand how to live out your purpose every day on purpose, you're definitely in the right place. Are you ready? Join me in today's episode. Thank you for tuning in with us on today's episode of Seeing Yourself from God's Point of View. So we're going to go ahead and get started. So one trait that we see displayed in Proverbs 31 is the trait of confidence. And we clearly see this woman who is confident in the abilities, the qualities, and the giftings that God has given her. And now because of that confidence, she is able to do the things that she does and become the person that she is. Now, our goal today is to birth, incubate, and to continue to develop the trait of confidence within each of us so that we become all that God has created us to be. And in the process, begin to see ourselves from God's point of view. And now to do that, we must deal with the pitfall of insecurity along the way. So let's look at this pitfall called insecurity. So insecurity is a mindset. And whenever you are insecure, your perspective, the way that you look at life is different. So you would, you look at life from the perspective of, I must look out for my best interest. I have to take care of myself because no one else will take care of me or look out for me or protect me the way that I protect myself. No one has my best interest at heart. I'm the only one that has my best interest at heart, so I must save myself because I cannot trust anyone else. So those are the mindsets or or, or those are the parameters through which we view our world, through which we relate to others and through which we relate to everything. It's the parameters that control our lives. Now, insecurity breeds doubt. And whenever you're doubtful, you begin to question yourself, am I good enough? Am I strong enough? Am I smart enough? Am I beautiful enough? Am I enough? So it impacts how you see you, but not only just how you see you, but it also distorts your perception of how other people see you. So because you're seeing yourself in in a distorted image or from a distorted perspective, you begin to think in your mind that other people are seeing you in that same distorted image that you see concerning yourself. So insecurity impacts you and it, 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 it impacts your other relationships. So how you see you and how you believe others see you. When you're insecure, it confines you to a box of self-preservation. So you build walls up around you, around your life, around your heart. And sometimes these walls can be some 
can become so big and so ginormous that if we're honest with ourselves, they become even impenetrable or very hard even for God to penetrate through. Because you're looking out for yourself. Your top priority when you're insecure is to not get hurt, to not lose so you don't take risks. So you protect your heart, you protect your life by building up this wall of defense, by building building up this wall that no one can get in. And now what does insecurity look like on us? Well, insecurity can take on the, the persona of many different characteristics. One of those characteristics is that an insecure person can also be someone who is super independent. So they have to do everything by themselves they believe that they they can do everything better by themselves for themselves they're super independent they don't need any help even when they need help they don't ask for it because of their super independence now it can also look like perfectionism so you want to you want to have everything pristine everything perfect and now sometimes the, the need or the desire to be perfect, it's not because of a, a desire to be excellent. It's a, actually an insecurity that's within your inside, that's within you, that drives you to be perfect because you want to know that you're good enough. You want to know that you're, you're smart enough and that you're beautiful enough and that you are enough. And so sometimes insecurity can drive you to being a perfectionist. Now, it can also look like promiscuity or addiction. So because there is a void, something missing within you, you try to fill that empty place with something else from the outside, whether it's sex, alcohol, drugs, even sometimes we can feel we can become addicted to work or addicted to other things, even food. Not necessarily because we want the food, but because that food takes care of an insecurity within us. Now, insecurity can also be quiet, it can be withdrawn, it can be attention seeking, it can be judgmental. It can be heartless. You know, that person that will say just anything and it just seems as if nothing rattles them, nothing gets to them. They're almost like their heart is rigid. They're emotionless. They never let anyone see them sweat. They, they, They come off sometimes as being callous. Sometimes every person that is callous is not callous just because they have a bad heart. Or their heart is uh, evil. Sometimes people appear callous and appear heartless because it's their way of hiding their insecurity. Indecisiveness is another way that in, that insecurity can appear or display itself. So because you don't trust yourself, 
because you're trying to protect yourself at the same time that you don't trust yourself, it's hard for you to make decisions because you're not, you're not sure if you're going to win. You're not sure if it's the best decision. So sometimes instead of making a decision, you don't decide at all. So you decide to do nothing. And then also insecurity may look like someone who just shows everything everything that they have, everything that God has given them to anyone who will look at it. So even if, you know, sometimes we may look at the way someone dresses, they may dress out of the ordinary or out of the norm, or they may dress really revealing. And sometimes dressing inappropriately or dressing over revealing, sometimes it's not a desire to actually keep up with the trend or keep up with fashion, but it's a it's a it's an insecure person's way to hide, to cover up, to dress up their insecurity. Now, everyone that has these traits may not be insecure, but a lot of times the insecurities display themselves in this way. For example, for myself, I am a super independent person. So if you ask me, how independent are you, Cindy? I would tell you, now this is a made up story, but I would tell you that I am so super independent that I was probably the only three month old baby getting up at night, getting out of the crib, walking into the kitchen, opening the cabinet, um, taking down my bottle and making my own milk and then taking myself back taking myself and putting myself back in the crib. That's how super independent I am. And now my super independence, I'm actually one of the ones whose super independence now, it's a habit for me, but my super independence formed, it developed because of insecurity. And so now I just do what I know, which is continue to be super independent. So now when we're talking about insecurity, what is missing from insecurity? Well, trust. Trust is the factor that is missing from insecurity. And we all know that trust, it is the building block of every relationship. It's the building block, the foundational block of your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others, and even your relationship with God. And not just those kinds of relationships, but trust is also the fund, the fundamental um, block of even your relationship with your, with your job, your relationship with your financial institutions. Trust is the underlying uh, relationship that I've established with my grocery store. So when my grocery store sends out an advertisement and they tell me that this particular thing is on sale and their sale is starting on this particular day and that when I come in their store, I'm going to see that item that I want and I'm going to be able to get it at that price. Well, when I walk in their store, because I trust them, I'm expecting to see that particular item where it's supposed to be for the price that they advertise it for. And so that it even takes trust, even with your relationship with your grocer, your supermarket, in every single relationship that you can think of, trust is the fundamental 
building block of that relationship. And now it's really hard to trust others, especially if you don't trust yourself. And this includes trusting God. So if you find yourself having a lack of faith, that lack of faith more than likely stems from your insecurity. And when you're insecure and God gives you an instruction, let's say God gives you an instruction to invest or to move or to apply for something or to start a business or start something or to buy something or to say something or to do something. Do you know what typically happens when insecurity is present when God gives you an instruction? The number one thing that happens is you doubt. And you doubt in four ways, at least four ways. The, uh, the first way is you doubt God's ability to do what he says. The second way is you doubt his ability to look out for and protect you. And remember, inse- insecurity, the insecure mindset is a mindset of self preservation. I have to save me. I have to look out for me. And so what ultimately happens is you reason that what God says is actually not in your best interest because you want to save yourself. You want to protect yourself. You want to keep yourself from getting hurt. You're you're wanting to keep yourself from losing. So you don't want to run the risk of having any of these things happen. So that's number three. You decide because of the fact that you have rationalized or or you have reasoned that what God has said is not in your best interest because he doesn't have your best interest at heart. Remember, you're self-preservering, your self-preservation mode kicks in and you're trying to protect you because when you're honest, at the core of it, you don't really trust God to protect you. And so instead of doing what he tells you to do, you decide that it's not in your best interest, so you don't do it. And then the fourth way that we doubt is we doubt our ability to do the very thing that God gave us the ability to do, which actually provokes God to instruct us to do the thing that he has called us to do. So in essence, we doubt the ability that God placed in us. And when you can't see what God has given you, then you won't use what God has given you. And I've said this many times before, God is never going to tell you to do anything that is contrary or that goes against the ability that he has given you. So he's never going to call you to do something outside of the potential that he's placed within you. Now, in essence, whenever you doubt you, you're really doubting God because you're doubting the ability, the the potential 
the giftings. You're, you're doubting everything that the creator has placed inside of you. So when you doubt you, you are really doubting God because he's the one that placed everything in you to, to actually do the very thing that he called you to do. So insecurity causes you not to trust, not to trust yourself, not to trust others, not even to trust God. And that makes it easy. It makes it easy to justify in your head and to try to justify to others why you can't and why you're not doing what God said. So you begin to rationalize being disobedient. So the reason I'm not doing what God said to do is because it's not in my best interest. I might fail. I might lose. And so you develop a habit of rationalizing, ignoring God to serve your own purpose, which is saving yourself. Another thing that insecurity makes it easy to do is it makes it easy to downplay and disregard the wealth of potential and gifts and resources that God has placed within you. So it causes you to actually see yourself as less than who God created you to be. And whenever you devalue yourself, you also devalue God. So God, these gifts, these potential, this ability, these qualities that you've placed within me, they are not enough. And now you have to remember that everything that God placed in you is him. And so when you're saying that what you placed in me is not enough, it's not good enough, it's not strong enough, it's not smart enough, it's not beautiful enough, it's just not enough. What you're literally saying is, God, you are not enough. And so our insecurities creates trust issues with God. And now, wherever there are trust issues in God, it is because there is a place of insecurity in you. And I know that may not be something that you want to hear, but that is the truth. So if you look at your life, if you look at your relationship with God, and you find that there are trust issues, there are places where you are not trusting God, if you are willing enough and honest enough, you'll you'll be able to trace those trust issues that you have with God back to your own insecurity that's found within yourself. And so when you find those places where you don't trust God, those places actually reveal to you the places of your insecurities. And so and so I ask you, what are you insecure about? And listen, as women, as humans, we may be insecure about a number of things, but specifically, what is it that you're insecure about? Is it your weight? 
Is it your looks, your money, your future, your mental fortitude, your marriage or your relationship, your spiritual gifting? What is it that you're insecure about? Your insecurity is a roadmap that traces back to the place where you don't trust God. And here's the here's the thing, even though we're talking, well, we're talking about insecurity, but here's the thing, here is the hope of it all, is that God doesn't desire to leave us where we are. No, he desires that we are strong and that we have strength and that we have the confidence that he originally gave us. In so many places throughout the word of God, we see God saying, be strong, be courageous, be of good cheer. Well, insecurity, first, it is not something that God has given us. Second, insecurity is a weakness. And it is the opposite of what God desires for you and for me. God wants to exchange your weakness, your insecurity for his strength. And we we see this clearly in 2 Corinthians 12 and 9 where he says, My grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So what he's literally saying is, give me your insecurity. What, whatever place, whatever, what, wherever you are insecure at, give those things to me. And in exchange for your weaknesses, I'll give you my strength. I'll give you my confidence in those places. But in order, in order for that exchange to happen, you've got to be willing to give up Give him your insecurities so that you can receive his strength. And now God is God wants you to be honest with him, to be vulnerable, and to give him every place of insecurity. It doesn't matter how many places are in how many different places you're insecure in. It doesn't matter how many issues of insecurity you may have. God God doesn't keep count. He doesn't keep record. No, all he wants is for you to give him your insecurity so he can give you his confidence. Now, how can you overcome insecurity and align yourself with where God wants to take you? So... When you ball down every single way that you can possibly overcome insecurity, it all balls down to one way. And the one way that you're going to overcome insecurity is to fight for it, to fight for your confidence. And now listen, your confidence is actually tied basically to your whole life. Your confidence is tied to your trust, is tied to your belief, your hope, and your faith. And tell me, what can you do without faith? Absolutely nothing. The word of God tells us that without faith, it is impossible to please God. 
And it also says that even the things, the things pertaining to God and the things of God that we are hearing, if we don't mix what we're hearing with faith, even the things that we hear that are of God, they're not going to be profitable to our life. So that means that if you don't take what you're hearing concerning God, concerning the word of God, and mix it with your faith, mix it with your confidence, that means that the enemy is stealing your harvest. He's stealing your profit. He's stealing your reward. He's stealing everything that is tied to you having good success. Now, but what can you do with faith? What can you do with confidence? Well, the word of God lets us know that all things are possible to them that believe. And whatever you ask when you pray, believe, have faith, have confidence that you receive them and you will have them. It is your faith, your confidence that actually makes you whole. So if you think about that now, if your faith and your if your faith and your confidence is what makes you whole if you're without faith without confidence meaning you're insecure that means that you're missing something you're not whole and in addition to that your reward is actually tied to your confidence and you can find that in Hebrews 10 and 35 so again, if you're going to overcome insecurity and align yourself with where God wants to take you, you have to fight for it. And why fight for it? Because John 10, 10 tells us that the enemy comes. The only reason the enemy comes in the first place is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his agenda. And what do you think he's coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy? He's coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy your confidence, your faith, why? Because your confidence and your faith is tied to everything that is good in your life. And what he wants to do is sever, sever that connection of the things that are good in your life. Because without confidence and faith, you won't have those things. And that's why he wants to steal them. That's why he wants to destroy your confidence and kill your faith. And now insecurity is actually an attack on your mind. And why an attack on your mind? Why would the devil want to attack your mind and not something else? Well, the reason he wants to attack your mind is because your mind is the central seat of your thinking, your seeing, your saying, your hearing, your doing, and your being. So if he can get your mind in the wrong place, he has your thinking, your seeing, your saying, your hearing, your doing, and your being out of order. He has your whole entire life out of order. And he does this to weaken you and to take your confidence in who you are and who God is. And listen, as long as you are not confident in you, you will never be confident in God. So to overcome, we have to fight. To overcome, we have to fight. There is no way around it. And so quickly, we're going to talk about some practical ways 
that we can actually fight. And I'm just going to go ahead and put this disclaimer up. Okay, you know, 2 Corinthians says, 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 says, for the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. So these are not the same weapons that the world is going to tell you to use. These are weapons that to some of us may not make sense. And they may have us questioning that, will this stuff really work? <laughs> because everything, because, because the weapons that we use that are going to actually be effective, because they're not the weapons that the world uses, they're going to be different than what we might be used to. So the remedies may sound foolish, but they work. And that's what we need. We need effective weapons in order to align ourselves, we'll overcome insecurity and align ourselves with where God wants to take us. So the first practical way to fight, number one, is to say the opposite of whatever the enemy says. So if the enemy says up, you say down. If the enemy says wide, you say narrow. If the enemy says stop, you go. If the enemy says walk, you run. Whatever the enemy says to you, say the opposite of it. And now for, for some of us, we might be new in the faith or new in this process. And so we may not be familiar with the, with the scriptures. You know, we may not be able to call the scripture or Satan, you know, recite the scripture back to ourselves. Well, listen, here's one thing that we know for sure. And that is the enemy is the father of all. Satan is the father of all lies. There is no truth in him. So everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. So he can't, he's incapable of telling the truth. So just by virtue of you saying the opposite of whatever he says, it is some way aligning with the word of God. Because he's trying to take you out of the word of God and get you away from the word of God. So if you just say the opposite of what he says, now you haven't, well, if you say the opposite of what he says, you're doing yourself a great service. Now, insecurities, they're, they are just lies that the enemy tells so that you don't believe what God says. So he'll tell you something like, oh, you're weak. Well, that's not what God says. God says you're strong. So see, just say the opposite of whatever he says, because he's going to lie. And the opposite of whatever he says is the truth. And now here's what you have to do. Not just say the opposite of what he says, but I need you to say it out loud. And the reason why you need to say it out loud is because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you're already speaking truth because it's the opposite of what the enemy says. And now the more you hear that truth, the more you, the more your confidence, the more your faith is going to be building up. And as your faith builds up, as your confidence builds up, guess what is being diminished? Guess what you're getting rid of? You're getting rid of insecurity. So say that thing and say it out loud. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and trust and believe you can never hear the word of God or say the word of God, speak the word of your, speak the word of God over yourself and to yourself. You can never do that too much. So don't ever worry about that. So number one, 
You're going to say the opposite of whatever the enemy says, and you're going to say that thing out loud. So number two, the, uh, the second practical way to fight is make time for the word of God. Whether that's 10 minutes, if you're starting off, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, whatever time you have, make time, take time to make time for the word of God. Whenever you want to get better at something, you have to make a habit of practicing it. And now when you're making the time to take the time for the word of God, here is something that I Um, that I think is very beneficial. Now, especially when you're basically fighting the spirit of insecurity, it's important that you not just read the word, but that you study the word. And it doesn't matter how much you study, meaning you don't have to like, okay, I have to read read a whole chapter. No, it's not speed reading. It's actually studying. And if you can imagine yourself being the only student in the class and you have your teacher's undivided attention and you even if even if it's just two verses that you cover in that 10 15 or 20 minute span of time if all you cover is just two verses but in those verses you're asking questions so that you can understand it. You're asking questions so that you can know how to apply it. You're asking questions so that you can so that you can fully see what God is saying in what it is that you're reading. Listen, well, I believe that one of the things that God loves and he's like always ready to answer. Like some people say uh say don't question God. Well, listen, God said in all you're getting, get understanding. So I, this is what I do sometimes when I'm, when I'm having my, uh, my Bible, what I call it, my Bible study time here at the house. I, I will literally, I become that one student and I'm the, I'm the teacher's favorite student. Not only am I, not only am I the only student in class, but I'm my, I'm my teacher's favorite student. So if I get to something and I don't understand it, or if I get to something and I have a thought of, well, I wonder how I can use this or, and, and, and what happens is God will take the time because he is that kind of teacher. He will take the time and he will break down whatever it is that you don't understand, whatever it is that you don't fully see with clarity or understand with clarity. And not only will he do that, but The more you spend time with him studying, the more intimate your relationship becomes. And so the more, the more free you become to ask questions and to literally say, daddy, I don't understand this. What you mean by this? And every time you, every time I ask him what you mean, I don't get it. I don't see it. Help me to see it. (laughs) And sometimes all the time he will help me to see it. And there are even times and even moments where, you know, I'm like, okay, so now I see this thing in a way that I never saw it before. And, and it's almost like your, your understanding of that thing keeps growing. It keeps opening up. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Take the time. Go as slow as you want to go. He's not a rushing God. Go as slow as you want to go. If you have to stay, sometimes, this is no joke, sometimes I stay in one chapter 
way longer than way longer than I probably ought to. But if he keep on, if I keep on asking questions and he keep on showing me things and it's like, the more he show me, the more I'm asking. And then what usually happens is, is he'll be like, okay, remember, because I like to know how, well, how did this, how does, you know, part A, B and C fit together? And he'll be like, well, remember what you were reading back here and then back here. And it's like, oh my goodness, like all of these things tied together. So there's nothing that's separate. But anyway, make time, take time to make time for the word of God. Ask questions and don't be ashamed of whatever it is that you don't know. Because God desires that you know. He says, my people perish because of the lack of knowledge. So a lot of stuff we're perishing about is because we're not asking questions. And and don't be prideful. Like, God wants you, God wants you to sit at his feet and ask questions. Okay? I, I think I think that that's one of the things that, that makes him a proud father. Oh, she's learning. <laughs> she's learning. She's asking questions. She's asking questions. So don't be afraid of your questions and don't be afraid of what you do not know. So the third tip is practice what you're learning. Practice builds your confidence. So what you can do is find a scripture that speaks to your situation. Write it out, post it somewhere prominent in your home or wherever you're going to be at a lot so that you see it all the time. And then commit that scripture. Commit it to your memory. And every opportunity that you get, use that scripture. For example, one of my favorite scriptures in the whole wide world is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So when I first met that scripture, I I just gravitated to it. And I, I think I um, posted it on a piece of paper and stuck it on my wall. And that became my that became my project to know this scripture, to know the scripture and understand it. And, you know. And say it and meditate on it and all those kinds of wonderful things. And every opportunity that I got to use that scripture. So if I was in a place where I wasn't sure, where I wasn't, where I wasn't sure if I was capable or if I was able or if I could do that thing, I would take a moment and remind myself, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. If I got in a tight situation or in a tough situation and I didn't know what the answer was, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So even if it was an impossible situation, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And even now to this day, um, before I start work, it is one of the scriptures that I actually verbalize every morning. Why? Because I don't know what situations I might encounter. And sometimes I encounter Uh, I've encountered impossible situations. And when I say impossible situations, I mean situations where the company had no solution for. Like, it's like, we've never done this before. We've never encountered this before. And guess where the solution came from? Well, uh, we got a solution. A solution came through me, but I can't give myself credit for it. The solution came because of, 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And there was a point where I would add to that scripture and I would say, and if there is an impossible situation that comes up, I already know the answer to it. I can solve it because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So listen, practice, practice what you're learning, commit it to memory. And as often as you can use that scripture, use it, verbalize it. Verbalize it, use it for whatever situation it is. Even if you're in your kitchen and it's like, Lord, I don't, I'm not even sure how to, how to do this recipe or how to cook this thing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay. Now it may not taste as good as you expected, but still you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Okay. You get the picture. So practice what you're learning. And number four, be honest with yourself and be honest with God. Don't hide your insecurities. Expose them, give them to God in exchange for his strength. And sometimes, whether it's pridefulness or sometimes we just might be embarrassed because of our insecurities, but here, here's the great thing about it. And I know I've, I've asked the question, so what areas are you insecure about? What are, your, what are your insecurities? I'm asking, even though I'm asking you that question, your response is, is due to nobody except for God. So you don't have to share your insecurities with us. You don't have to tell us the places where you're insecure, but you need to be honest with yourself and be honest and open enough, trust God enough to know that he's going to take your insecurities, exchange them out, and he's going to give you his security, his strength, his confidence, his faith in those places. But now he can't give you what you won't give to him. Like he's wanting to give you his strength. But he can't give it to you if you keep coming to him. Oh, I'm strong, Lord. Because, you know, sometimes we trip. <laughs> and sometimes we think that we are, uh, we're something other than we really are. So sometimes we think that we're strong when we're really weak. And God says, listen, I don't care how weak you are. I don't care how many weaknesses you have. Give them to me so that I can give you my strength. Number five. Now, the last tip is repeat steps one through four, tips one through four, as often as you need. Repeat it as often as you need, just like you would do medicine. Now, listen. Even the most confident person in the world, your confidence level could be at 15 billion. But that is not to say that you're not going to have moments of insecurity. You're not going to have uh, temporary times where your confidence wanes. It fluctuates. Well, even when your confidence wanes and, and, and you may begin to feel doubtful or fearful or anxious or whatever, Whatever that insecurity looks like for you. All you have to do is repeat step one, step two, step three, step four. 
all over again. Make it a habit of repeating it all over again every single time. Because your confidence, it is going to grow and there are going to be moments when it's going to take a dip. And then there are going to be moments when it's back high. And there are going to be moments where it may take a dip. It may be less today than what it was tomorrow or less to, to today than it was yesterday. Or you may have more today, more confidence today than you have tomorrow. But what you have to remember is to hold fast to your confidence because that is the thing that links your entire life to everything that God has in store for you, to everything that he's already planned for you. And insecurity is not anything that God gave you. It is something that the devil, that Satan, that the enemy has given you to attack your mind, to make you not believe the things that God says about you. Even to make you not believe the thing, even even to make you not believe who God says that he is. So your confidence is definitely a quality that God has given you. And now all of us are responsible to grow our confidence and to cause it to multiply in our life. And that's in every single area of our life. We're responsible for growing and multiplying our confidence. So we have to, we have to make the choice, make the decision to hold fast to it, to not let it go because with it comes great reward. And God wants to reward you. He wants to reward each and every one of us and to reward us greatly. And that takes confidence. It takes you being confident. And so as you develop your confidence and you become confident, you'll begin to see yourself from God's point of view. Remember, it matters how you see yourself and the only way to truly see yourself is through God's point of view. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe to our podcast, share it with someone who needs to hear this, and don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Cynthia McClary. Thank you.